And I am Chuck, and we are back again to discuss uh, the first episode of the series The Chosen. Um, you can find it on VidAngel, um, Dallas Howard, or Dallas Howard, <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard, no, Dallas Jenkins. I don't know too many Dallases, so I got thrown off there. Um, Dallas Jenkins is the director of this, and uh, so last week we discussed The Shepherd, which was the pilot, um, the the short uh, the 20, 20 something minute video that he did for his church, and now we're actually going to delve into the series, the first ep- uh, first episode of the first season. This one is called "I Have Called You by Name." So again, um, I've seen this a few times. This would actually um, recently watched. It would be my fourth time watching this episode alone. Uh, Chuck is going through the series. Uh, totally fresh, brand new, so it's, I'm, I'm really happy that we have somebody coming to it with a fresh perspective. So, Chuck, um, what, do you, what do you think about this, this so far? I mean, we, t- we saw the, the pilot, and here's the, here's the tie-in to the episode <coughs> itself to kind of get into where we are, how we're setting the tone of the rest of this series. So what do you think? Right, so to, to be honest, um, I attempted to watch it about a year ago, twice, and the first few times, I'll be honest, I fell asleep. <laughs> don't let that persuade any. Don't let that sway anyone. Um, I was watching it late at night, and so this time, being asked to do this podcast, I was like, you know what? I really want to put some effort into it. There's been a year and a half, two years of people really talking about how just amazing this show is. I really wanted to see what the what it was all about. Cause I mean, you look at a lot of stuff and I've watched so many movies out there. You, you can attest to this Lee. Um, when commercials or stores or anybody, they put so much hype into a show or a movie and then you watch it and you're like, yeah, eh, <laughs> I could have waited till, you know, that was, that could have been a straight to DVD or, you know, a straight to TV movie and you lost it. So, I was kind of skeptical at first, to be honest, because <clears throat> on top of that, there was all this hype. And on top of that, there was this, it's another Christian show. Right. And I was like, here we go. What's this going to be? So after I, I actually watched this episode first, and then I watched The Shepherd, as I said last week. But I watched this episode, and I got to the very end. And... When you make it to the end, then all of a sudden the chills that were in my, like I was like feeling it. I was like, and it left you at such a good, for lack of better words, cliffhanger that I'm like, now I want to know what goes on next. Right, right. And that's, that's the thing is like you walk, you get through it and you're like, okay, all right. I mean, a lot of people say when you watch a a certain show or a series, they say, oh, just get through the first season and then, you know, things will be better. With this show, it's like, it really is. Get through that first episode, and get, once you get to the end of it, you're going to see this is the tone that well, it's setting, and here's where we're going to go. For me, it was get through the first 10 to 12 minutes, <clears throat> and then it really started diving into more of the—I mean, it revolved around three or four characters um, for the most part, and once you once they started getting a little bit more— a little bit deeper into each character, mm-hmm. I was like, this is interesting. Right. I mean, to not give anything away, really, before we get into it, I mean, this is a lot of, it goes into a couple of the disciples' lives mm-hmm. before they become disciples, mm-hmm. and you're like, wow, they're 
real people. Right. <laughs> and I, I mean, I, was, I look at disciples in the, like I read stories in the Bible, I look at this like proper manly, you know, hi, I'm Peter, hi, I'm John, hi, I'm, it's like, no. No. No, no. <laughs> yeah, I'm really happy with, with what they did with the characters here. Well, let's get into the episode itself. So um, the cool thing is, right off the bat, the way that they, they preface this so we know what we're getting into, I'm going to read exactly what they wrote just because I thought it was very important so people kind of get it. A lot of people who, who come into the show, um, I did show it to one person, um, and they said, oh, well, they had issues with it. I'm like, how can you have issues with the show? I mean, what, what kind of issues can you really have? And they were like, well, you know, they, uh, just the ages of the characters there. And I'm like, okay, this is an, an older guy. He's, you know, in, in his later 50s. So he's probably like, why aren't they all like my age or something, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Most of but, them were late teens, early 20s, if not mid-teens. Yeah. <clears throat> he just, he, I, I think he didn't agree with the ages that they portrayed here. Um, whatever. But here's what they said. It said, the Chosen is based on the true stories of the Gospels of Jesus Christ. Some locations and timelines have been combined or condensed. Backstories and some characters or dialogue have been added. However... All biblical and historical context in any artistic imagination, or and any artistic imagination, are designed to support the truth and intention of the scriptures. Viewers are encouraged to read the Gospels. Okay, I'll take that. Um, and the original, A.K.A. fact check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the original names, locations, and phrases have been transliterated into English for anything spoken. Okay. So they're they're telling you what's going on right off the bat. They're not saying, "Hey, this is you don't you don't have to read your Bible. Just watch this." You know, okay, good. You know, because some people want to take the easy way out. I will tell you that when I first wanted to uh, start following Christ, um, I'll never forget. I asked my buddy or Will. Uh, I asked him like, "Hey, can you just like tell me what I need to know?" Like, I'm not a big reader. <laughs> so, <laughs> can you just tell me the things I should know in the Bible, just so I can, you know, like. Get this to clarify. Thing? You mean Will Ellis, correct? Yes. Okay. Oh, we're gonna, we're gonna name drop. Okay, Will Ellis. We're calling you out, man. Yeah. Well, when you say Will, you're talking your usual partner oh, true, in crime true, true. here that's as well. Another, so just Will. want to clarify. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Good call. Good call. The two Wills in my life. Um. So yeah, I. I it, there's definitely a, a way you could sneak out of it, but I like that they prefaced it like this so you know that like we're not trying to say that we're better than anything. We're not trying to say that this will this will be the new scripture, you know, something you can follow. But it's definitely for me. It almost kind of goes along with. Did I say this last time? I don't even remember. Um, where J.J. Abrams did Star Trek, and it made the people who weren't really into Star Trek actually like Star Trek actually be interested in it. So for me personally, uh, that was it. Like I watched it. I'm like, you know what? The characters aren't bad. You know, maybe I could get into this. So right. I, I started watching some of the originals and I, I went back to like the first episode of the show where it was all about Pike. And I'm like, okay, anyway, I don't want to get too much into Star Trek and other sci-fi stuff when we've got actual history here. Um, but yeah, I think that's the whole point is if you can get people who weren't so much interested in hearing the old stories interested, you're doing something well. You're right. doing something right. And especially where it's all historically accurate um, as far as the the main point that they're getting across here. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they're drawing it right from Scripture, mm -hmm. but at the same time, they're they're using they're using their imagination to. <clears throat> 
fill in the gaps. Fill in the gaps mm -hmm. of what is actually being read in Scripture. I mean, because you can read two chapters in Scripture, and sometimes 20 years goes by. Right. Depending where you're reading right. the Scripture. So, like, they did, they did Noah. Hollywood did the movie Noah, and there's, what, maybe two and a half chapters in the Bible of Noah? Mm-hmm. That spans most of his life. Right. So <laughs> you got to use some creativity to fill in the gaps to do this. Now, I personally wouldn't recommend going to see Noah because they botched the show and the movie. But with this one, they're actually doing a really good job to keep what is written in Scripture, the premise of truth, be the premise, and the, the parts that they're filling in actually highlights the truth versus making everything look so good that the truth gets shut out. Mm -hmm. And that's what sticks out in this in this show for me so far, is the truth is still the main character of the show. Right. <clears throat> good way to put it, yeah. So after we get through that, we start off, and we're in Magdala, 2 B.C., and we see Mary and her sick father. I mean, we assume it's Mary, because we say, oh, Magdala, like, well, who else do we know from Magdala? <laughs> we see Mary and her sick father, and he's like, oh, they're checking out the big new star, which we know is like, you know, the North Star. It's like, here we go. And then they start reading out of Isaiah 43. Um, and Isaiah 43 is the entire point of this episode. It's almost as if it's like, it's the moral of the story this time. Right. Um, before we, we were getting a lot in the shepherd, where there was a lot of stuff out of Isaiah and um, it was Ezekiel and a few others. There were the prophets talking about, you know, the coming king, the coming Messiah. But we have here Isaiah 43. So do you have Isaiah 43 up? Yeah, what chat? What verse was it in 43? I think it's just right right there, Isaiah 43. Um, it's like the first two. Yeah, now this is what the Lord says. Mm -hmm. The one who created you, O Jacob, informed mm -hmm. you, O Israel. Do not do not be afraid, for I will protect you. I call you by name. You are mine. Mm. When you pass through the waters, I am with you. When you pass through the streams, they will not overwhelm you. Yeah. So, I mean, that was the big thing is I, I've, I've called you by name. That's the name of this episode is I've, I've called you by name. And I've called you by name. You are mine. Right there. It's like, okay, right. that's pretty much the whole thing where it all comes full circle. This comes up a lot, and we'll kind of get into it as we go, too. But that's the big scripture that we're holding on to that she held on to. So what I like here to I mean this is such a this is such a short scene, but they they flash back to it every every so often in the right. episode. But the cool part about this is I, I see him being such a good dad in this too, because and this is just the dad in me seeing it. Yeah. He's not just sitting there saying, this is what the Lord said to you, and mm -hmm. then saying it. He's like, now I want you to say it. Right. I want you to understand this for you. And I think even with doing this show, when they, when they give that caveat in the beginning of go to Scripture, in this show they're saying the same thing. We're showing you this, but at the same time we want you to understand it. So go read the Word. Understand the word so that way when you're saying it to yourself, you know the truth, just like she knew the truth because her dad instilled, this is for me. Right. So they did a good job, in my opinion, tying that part into the whole show as well, to that premise of go and search for the truth on your own. Right. Yeah. No, that was that was good. And I think on top of it, too, just being the whole, like, the dad character is he's clearly sick and, like, dying. Right. And he sees her and he just sucks it up and says, you know, this is my duty as the, as the father. This is my duty as the, the leader, the head in the house. 
um, to make sure that she's being raised in a way where she takes this and she understands who God is and she has a relationship with God. And, you know, as a dad, a father of, of daughters, you know, we want to do that. Right. You know? So it's every time we get into stuff like this, it's going to hit me. Every you know, time. It hits you. So it's just like here here we are um, going through it. But the character here, it's, it's nice that you see that and he's... Um, he's just making sure, like, if, if there's anything that she gets before he's gone, it's always go to Scripture, always recite this, and re- remember the importance of these words because they're true. They are right. fact. So, And I think even because, so everyone knows that she's actually a young child in this scene. Oh, yeah. She's not grown up yet. Mm-hmm. And with somebody who probably grew up on her dad growing up on the scriptures and understanding that reading the older scriptures in the old testament it does say to train up a child in the way that he or she will go mm-hmm. and when they get older they will not stray far from it right we all know that mary kind of strays <laughs> for lack of better words right but so have the, we the, right but I, the, tr- the the truth always comes back at that point in mm-hmm. her mind and mm-hmm. it's actually what starts guiding her to start searching for more. Right. And it actually ends up, you know, saving her life in the long run right. for lack. I mean, eternity eternally and literally at the same time too. Right. right. So So it's it's cool. So we go from that scene where she's a little girl with her dad and then suddenly she wakes up. It's twenty eight years later. She's in Capernaum, right? And she's bloody, and there's a man running away from her. And it's just like, these demons live inside of her. And then, like, okay, we get this. Here's what's happening. And then then we get, you know, we say, okay, here's what's going on. Here's what's happened to her. She clearly is not, like, ha, 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 I did it. Like, she is shocked. Like, something is happening. There are demons inside of her. There's a legion of demons inside of her. And then we get the opening credits. I love the opening credits. They're simple but they get the point across. So all it is is these fish. It's just these li- little, like, Jesus fish. Jesus fish. <laughs> going around, you know, they're all just these gray fish. They're all going in the same direction. But there's this one, like, aquamarine-colored aqua fish right. going against the current. Right. And as it's going through, you start to see the other ones. One by one, every now and again, a few of them start to change color and then flip, flip. and follow. And go against. And, and <clears throat> go against the current to follow that one big fish. Right. Obviously, I mean, if you don't understand what that means, then I guess you're listening to the wrong podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's, it's totally just representing here's Jesus and here's the peop- here are the people, the other fish that are f- turning and saying, Wait, something's going on here. Yeah. He's going against everything we've, we're being taught. So as simple as it is, at first time I started, I'm kind of like, oh, that's cool. And then I was like, oh, but that's, that's really cool when I thought about it a little bit further. Right. So I really do enjoy that. Um, little imagery. And I, I remember and I liked being able to explain that to my children when we're watching it. Like, that's Jesus. And here are all the people who are starting to follow Jesus. How cool is that? And they're like, oh, wow. And they get it. They love it. It's something visual that a five-year-old can get. Right. So, anyway, we get that, and then we start getting, we get into Nicodemus. Ugh. Eric Avari is the man in this show. And that's Nicodemus, not Zacchaeus. Not just... Zacchaeus, not Zechariah, <laughs> <laughs> not, not anybody else. It is Nicodemus. He I... is like the Pharisee of Pharisees, you know? 
<laughs> that was quite embarrassing, actually, the first time we were talking about it. And I was like, the guy in the tree, right? And you're like, no, no. that's Zacchaeus. That's Zacchaeus. I'm like, I, how does, how do, it's so eh. easy to get mixed up. I don't know why it's It so has easy. an us at the end. Just like that, Jesus and Quintus and <laughs> like, yeah, okay, yeah, Gaius, it, <laughs> like every name <laughs> in the Bible. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so we get, we get Nicodemus and he, he meets Quintus. We get to we get to see Quintus, and he's just like this centurion magistrate, you know, yep. not 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 so much like a, a war general, but he's a magistrate. So he's pretty much like telling everybody, "Here's what you do. Here's all this stuff." And and when you first see Quintus here, okay, you know, I, I saw him, and then I kind of forgot. Maybe I watched this episode, and then took like a month until I watched the rest of them, because I just kind of forgot who everybody was. But I guess just seeing with him without his helmet on later on. Um, which we don't really see. Oh, no, we do. Oh, whatever. No, we don't. No, we don't. Um, not in this, not this episode. episode. Um, we see later on, like, his helmet's off all the time. He's got this massive vein head, which uh, you haven't gotten there yet. Not yet. No, but it's just like, I can't stop looking at this gigantic vein in his big bald head. You'll see it later on, but that's how you can't know. Wait. Oh, it's Quintus. It's the vein guy. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Um but basically, they're talking, and the thing is, like, they have a, um, they both want the same thing. Um, the Romans want more taxes, and he realizes, hey, there's probably more money that they're making right now because they're probably fishing on what you call some kind of holy day, and that's upsetting Nicodemus. Like, okay, why are people fishing on Shabbat, you know, and, and working on those days? That's the holy day. That's the right. day of rest. What, do you, what are they doing? So he's trying to he's trying to like you know basically I'll scratch your back you scratch mine we're working for the same thing here, um, and that's what kind of leads to the point of this whole story um, that we're we're getting into. I mean basically if you look at the the what it's explained here as the um, explanation of the show the description is two brothers struggle with a Jewish tax collector over their debts to Rome, and the Pharisee confronts a demon possessed woman in the red quarter of Capernaum. So. That's pretty much what's happening here. So we're seeing like the beginning of right um, where the taxes are like, okay, you know, we have to pay these taxes uh, and here's what people are doing to, you know, feed their families. Right. You know, like we have to fish on these days because they're taxing, you know, the heck out of us right now and we can't afford this, that and whatever. So we need to do this. So... We start to get into these characters a little bit. After we see that, we go over to Matthew. Now, what, what's really cool about this show... <laughs> you're going to go off on Matthew? Don't. Okay, ready? I'm just going to say it before you go too far. He's autistic, okay? Give him a break. <laughs> but you don't know that at first. Not at first. So, I was just like, oh, he's so quirky. And I'm like, uh, oh. Uh, uh, <laughs> see, Snowflake came to mind for me. Snowflake? Yeah, that's today's generation. That's what they call the millennials of today. Oh, I thought Snowflake like the dolphin from Ace Ventura. No. <laughs> no. It's just funny. Do you have a dorsal fin? Uh, I was like, is he, is he, is he OCD? Is yes. he, because it's, uh, he, he has a hundred pair of the exact same pair of sandals. <laughs> and they're perfectly lined up. And I'm like, okay. He's rich and nuts. Rich and nuts. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go there. <laughs> no, he's rich, and and yeah, he's rich, and he, and he's obsessive. Okay, and uh, and you're like, okay, so Compulsive. you you see him, he packs his bag with a few pair of sandals, 
And you're sitting there. I was sitting there thinking, what? Why would someone? It's like you don't put on a pair of shoes, and then bring the exact same pair of shoes when you go to work because something might happen. You just wear the one pair of shoes. Not true. Well, I mean, if you if you're like if like for me, I do snow removal at work. I'm outside sometimes, so I bring boots to work, mm-hmm. and then when I'm not out there, I put shoes on. Right inside, but to bring one pair of boots and then bring the other exact same pair of boots for inside would be weird. So <clears throat> there's been a time where for me it was like, oh, Walmart's got twenty dollars sneakers. That's what I get, and they're like hiking. They're right there. They're like hiking sneakers, and I really like them. And when the one of them wears out, I go or starts to wear out. I'm like, oh, I'll get another pair. So I'll have two identical pairs of shoes. It's just one of them looks a little bit more ragged. So I'm like, okay, so you, these ones I will wear when it's a little bit nicer, and the other ones I will just wear every every moment. Like yeah, but ones. as you go into the episode, he 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 comes out of his house and then he's walking a little bit because he's meeting his ride ride to work. <laughs> Um, he's, he's, he's wagon pooling to work. Um, and he steps in a poop. He steps in poop. Steps in poop. Yep. And he looks at it. He goes, he, like, he tries to rub it off and he goes, he basically shrugs it off almost. He takes his shoes off. And he throws them away. Throws them <laughs> away and puts another pair on. And the dude, the dude is giving the ride. He's like, dude, it's like, hey, that's like three months salary for each of my kids. Because like, they're expensive <laughs> sandals. Yeah. And I'm like, so I'm sitting there for the first time watching it going, I, what? Clean them off. Well, I was thinking if you were the driver, I don't care what you said for two seconds. I walk over there, just pick them up and take them. Right. I don't I mean, care who you are. I, I mean, mean, especially because he gets into the wagon and then hides underneath this tarp of right. some sort. So right. while he's hiding, quickly go over and get him. Right. And, and it's not like sneaking. It's just like he just totally tossed him out. And now, I am not one to not take hand-me-downs. You know this, Chuck. I'm wearing your, she- your sneakers right now. Oh, nice. And I'm probably wearing some other... Oh, I'm wearing your watch. <laughs> so I get most of my clothes from Chuck. He's he's a fashion fashionista. I'm not. <laughs> a fashionisto, I'm I guess. I'm not. Or, I mean, gender neutral, whatever. Fashionist. I'm not gender neutral. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get that part clear right now. (laughs) Oh, the times we live in. But anyway, yeah, so no. Totally offended. I'm 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 totally offended. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? You don't assume my gender. (laughs) Anyway, so boy, let's not get too far into that. Oh, this is the world. So, the joys of being a Christian is Christ did come to offend with the truth. (laughs) Um, And, you know, you see see stand up comedians and they make fun of everybody. And just everyone's aware when Lee and I are together and we're talking movies and this, we literally make fun of everybody. Everybody. We make fun of each other. I mean, whatever. (laughs) Anyway, this, this. We <laughs> we get into these characters here, and you start seeing like okay, Matthew is clearly, you know, somebody who's very privileged, right? Like, extremely privileged, and you see his OCD. He locked his door like three times with this. Like and at first, I was kind of like, oh, that's how they locked their. No, he's just being OCD. obsessive. Right. Like okay, um, and then uh, it took me. I'll be honest, it took me until maybe the second time I saw him in a different episode to go, okay, that's autism. Now, for those who don't know, I work in the field where I help I, I help sup, um, manage supports for developmentally disabled adults. 
Um, I've been doing it for, oh, geez, since 2007. Um, in reality, I left for a few years, came back. So for me to not catch it right away, I was like, okay. But then again, I was like, oh, but all along, it was clearly what was going on here. I mean, autism, the spectrum is huge. I, I used to have uh, professors in high school that were, or no, sorry, uh, in college that were autistic. Honestly, best math teacher I ever had. I wish I remembered his name. He was really, really good. I want to thank the guy. I finally understood algebra. <laughs> I mean, he called it multiplication, but I mean, whatever. Besides that, he knew what he was teaching. <laughs> multiplication. <laughs> multiplication. Consistently. I'm like, hey, at least he's consistent. <laughs> Can't go wrong there. Right. But um, so we, we see the characters here talking. We got Matthew and we got the guy who's driving him. And I love it. He's like, oh, if anybody stops me, I'll tell him exactly what I've got in the back. The biggest pile of dung and I'll confirm him. And again, it goes back to what we talked about in the, in the, the last episode we talked about. It's like guys are just being guys. They're, They're joking real. around, and it's like, hey, I'm doing this favor. You pay me to do this. I don't have to be, you know, I'm not your buddy, right. but, like, hey, whatever. I'm doing my thing. And we kind of get how he's bringing him over there. And at one point, he he is dropping him off at the other side of the town. Right. Because so, he doesn't want to bring him, like, be seen there. And maybe you know, I, I is that why he, because I never really got why he covers himself in the wagon. Like, yes. He covers himself in the wagon because for two reasons. One, he, he doesn't want that guy to be caught seen carrying a tax collector. And two, he, he just doesn't want people to see him that he's in there. So he's so Matthew is hiding from the people because he knows that everybody hates him. Because he's a tax collector. Because he's a tax collector. It's basically like the biggest traitor possible. It's like, if you understand what the whole situation was, is the Romans were collecting taxes and... If you're, like, trying to get good in with the Romans, you know, you will do jobs like this. And with right. him being so good with numbers, he became a tax collector. Um, and that's just what it is. So all the people just hate him. It's like you are a total traitor for, to all of your people because right. you're collecting – you're taking money from us to pay these people who just invaded our land. Right. So, yeah. He's and he getting, was one of them. Yeah. Right. So, of course, he's going to get spit on, glared at, and yelled at. True. There he is, tax collector, ah, you know, as he's trying to walk through the streets. So both of them don't want to be seen doing what they're doing, both the driver as well as, as him. Yeah, because the driver's probably looking at it as guilty by association. Right. Just by giving him the ride. Right, exactly. Because he's getting paid to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I can, I can see that. Cause I, well, I, that's the same with Matthew. He's guilty by association because he's being paid to do that job right. so for the both, Romans. So it all kind of keeps they're on. They're kind of both doing the same thing for exactly. the same reason at different levels. Right. And it's crazy that Matthew is one of the first ones in Scripture that, you know, the people that Jesus called on to follow him, you know, it just oh yeah, it blows my mind because <laughs> I'm sitting there going, wow, I look back at my life and the 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 stuff I went through, the lifestyle I lived, the mm. partying, the the drinking, the the drugs, all of it, mm -hmm. you know. And sitting here today, you know, I mean, God freed me from alcohol. He freed me from smoking cigarettes. He mm -hmm. freed me from so much stuff. And it's like the way I felt it myself. I'm guessing the way people looked at Matthew was a thousand times worse. Oh, yeah. Because he was just the scum of scum, and God goes, you know what? I want you. I'm going to use that. Exactly. Exactly. And that's that's what's so amazing about this. And I mean, even right back to I've called you by name. Right. That's the whole point. It's like all of these characters here, 
are eventually going to be called by their their true name. Right. You know, not what they do, but who they are. Right. And that's huge. So we kind of cut back and forth throughout this a lot, and we see all these characters introduced, and every time we see them, we get a little bit more depth into their character. So we go back here to Nicodemus, and he's teaching the Pharisees, and he makes a joke about the Dead Sea, you know, which is, you know, interesting, and like, okay. So again, people being people, just like when you go to, uh, when you when you go to church and somebody throws out a joke, um, right? You know, and it's just like, okay, cool. And then the whole point is like, can we eat fish that's caught on Shabbat? You know, like that's a sin. You know that that fish shouldn't have been caught. So what's the issue here? So he's bringing up the point that he got from Quintus. It's like, yeah, they said this, and they're saying we should be taxing on that if they're going to be working there, but they're sneaking by thinking that they're not going to be watched. Okay, well, why are people out there fishing on Shabbat? They shouldn't be. So, okay. And then he gets into the same thing we heard in The Shepherds. Like, the Messiah will not come until all this stuff stops. Right. Basically saying it's people like them that's the reason that the Messiah hasn't shown up. Which the irony is it's the people like them. It's the reason that Messiah It's the reason that he came. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. And that's what's so funny about this. And I, I love how, again, it's the, it's the against the current that Jesus represents. He's against everything that the Pharisees are basically saying that it is. Right. You know, they're saying, oh, and, and uh, again, we get more into Nicodemus here. And I, I just, I love everything they did with this character. And you start to see it here in this, in this episode. But, I mean, he's going through this, and um, as he's there, he gets brought in and... Um, to like this great, like, oh, they're treating him like he's royalty because he's like the head Pharisee, the big, you know, Pharisee of Pharisees in that area who came down to visit. So um, he gets called by a, a centurion, shows up, and basically says, oh, we need you to show up over here and do this. And he's like, well, that's not my job. He's like, well, but you need to do this, you know, because if you don't do this, we're just going to burn the place down. Okay, well, I guess I'll go do that then. <laughs> right. So they're saying there's an issue in the red quarter. Ah, and if we know anything by by the um, a song by the police, Roxanne, you don't have to put on the red light. Yeah. Anyway, red quarter, red light. That's what they're talking about. This is full of prostitutes and sin. It's basically their own mini Sodom and Gomorrah that's right. going on over there. So the red quarter is not a place <laughs> that generally the priests and teachers would go into. They would stay out of that. That is a sinful place. I stay out of there. But something needs to be done. They're bringing in a holy man. Okay. So that's what we know is happening. And, there, and you know, we kind of get into the character. We'll see who this is. Aha, uh-huh, suspense. Um, but we go back over there and we see, um, we, we see Matthew, like, meet up with his appointed guard. And the guy's just ripping on him, too. Right. Um, Gaius. I, I, I think he's great. His character gets really, really good as the show goes on, too. Um, just his relationship with Matthew um, really starts to, to develop. And he starts to have, like, a kind of a bond with him. Yeah. Um, well, that's because Matthew kind of gives him, like, he rips on Matthew, but then Matthew kind of gives him a bit of an attitude back, too. Right. So he's not afraid to sit there and stand up to to him either, which is, right. I don't know if that's because he's wealthy and he has that entitlement attitude that he can do that, or mm-hmm. because he's, he's not a big dude. He's kind of petite. Well, yeah, there's nothing... <clears throat> There's no reason he would do that. It's just more like he's standing up for himself as as much as he feels comfortable standing up for himself. Right. You know, in that way. Um, I was more I was more um, 
like proud of Nicodemus when he stands up for himself at one point because uh, he, he does kind of say like you can't do this to us like this is ridiculous you know a few times but anyway as we see it he Nicodemus goes over to encounter Lilith she's calling herself Lily now um, Mary um, we see her and she'll be going through these seedy streets and there's men and women that are up there for prostitution um, and it's like okay weird and then you see graffiti on the wall which was that spray paint how did they write on that wall? <laughs> the same way they wrote Bethlehem on the sign oh, in the okay. last. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like it was like modern graffiti, but it said in in obviously in in Hebrew it said um, the Messiah Messiah will destroy the Romans. Okay. No, I think they did to clarify if I remember correctly, they did actually write that. It was subtitled. It was subtitled, yes. Yeah, subtitled, so we knew what that said. But it was funny because it just showed these Roman officers who were, like, cleaning the graffiti off that says the Messiah yeah. <laughs> will we'll destroy the Romans. And it's just, oh, so things just have never changed, you know, just, like, people standing up and, you know, fight the police and whatever. It's just, uh So anyway, um, we get to that scene there where Nicodemus just pushes back against the centurion. He goes, okay, so... He gets right back in his face, and he goes, listen, I did this for Quintus. I did this, and I'm only here because of this. So don't think that I'm blah, blah, blah. And he stands up for himself, and he's, like, really ripping on this centurion. Centurion? Centurion. Centurion. And he, the centurion just stands there with the smug look on his face the entire time. And after he goes through the whole thing, he goes, all right, so can we go now? And he goes, yes, we can go now. <laughs> and it was such a, like, ah, uh, he stood up for himself, and you could tell he was, like, empowered, and the guy's just like, well, whatever. So uh, so we can go now? It, it reminds me of the scene in um, <laughs> in X-Men Days of Future Past uh, where they're on the plane, and basically they, they um, Magneto just throws all this stuff around and, like, starts shaking the plane, and Wolverine looks at him and he goes, you gonna pick all that up? <laughs> So it's just like, like you know, thre- like threatening. And it does nothing. And he just goes, it just, so you're going to pick all that up? <laughs> all of that. Okay. Anyway, move on. <laughs> I just, it was just, it was great, but it was just like, oh, you know, that's how they are. They're just like, they're not, they're not afraid of anything. Right. So, but you've got them standing up for themselves and Nicodemus comes off like, I hate to say it, he comes off as the grandma finally standing up for herself and then nothing comes out of it. Right. You know, I, I think if it was a grandpa, he'd just be like, I'm going to go get my gun, you know, whatever. <laughs> but, but grandma, she's like, we're not going to stand for this. <laughs> okay, can we go now? Yes. <laughs> I said my piece. I'm good. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so we get over here, and here we introduce my favorite character, um, which, oh, man, I'm so excited that you haven't seen any more episodes beyond this because it's just like Simon. I mean, we, who doesn't love Peter? because of his transformation and all that he's gone through and just, like, the roosters crowing and the fish and this and that and everything, just knowing who he is. Right. Um, but we get introduced to Simon, and it's not who we expected to see Simon as at all. No, I'm, I'm, uh, when I first saw it, what first came to mind was, I mean, to be, to be, um, to be frank, um, no, you can be was... Jerk. This was Fight Club 2,000 years <laughs> okay, ago. Okay, it was Fight Club. Okay, that's exactly what I thought you were going to do. We don't talk about that, though, okay? That's um, the first two the first rules, rule. by the way. Yep, yep. His name was Robert Paulson. Um, so Simon's there, Simon and Andrew, and they're, like, scheming 
doing this little, like, he's getting into a fight. So he's fighting with his brother-in-law, right? And at one point he goes, I don't think I can do this. I could probably only take, like, one. And then he looks over to Andrew, and Andrew's like, mm-mm, mm-mm. And he goes, two? Mm-hmm. Oh, two more <laughs> hits. <laughs> it's just, he's, they're clearly playing the system here. And, you know, Andrew's got money on a fight between <laughs> his brother and, and his brother, his, and the brother-in-law. Um, and the whole thing is like, stop, you know, get away from my, my, my sister. And he's like, I can't believe she married you. You're a horrible and, you know, horrible husband and all this stuff. And he's beating them up. And then once he, once they, they get to the point where he's like, okay, the bets are in, we're good. He jumps up and then starts taking down the brother-in-law. And he says my favorite thing in this whole show, which I wish came up later again. And he goes, oh, that's why they call me wine hands, because of what I do to your liver. (laughs) (laughs) And at first I heard that, and I'm kind of like, okay, that makes sense. I guess that's what they would say back then, something weird. (laughs) And... And then later on, you know, they get, they're fighting, and then he goes, oh, I'll stop fighting you, but my brother won't. He's like, your brother? And then Simon gets knocked down. And then you cut to the scene, he's got a bloody nose, and, you know, well, they lost mean, their money. Well, I mean, his brother is huge. 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 And what, bro- I mean, like we said last week, we we're probably going to compare a lot of stuff to Marvel or... Right. And what just came to my mind was, you know, Endgame, Loki. Yeah. We have a whole... No, yeah. not, not Loki. Um, yeah. Iron Man says it yeah. in the first Avengers. He's like, we have a Hulk. <laughs> and then just says, wham! And this brother just comes in and just one hit just lays out oh, Simon. Yeah. It's just, He's just done. You're like, okay, fight's <laughs> over. Well, I mean, aside from the fact that the, the dude was huge, um, he was totally caught off guard by it. Right. And he did, it was a good hit right in the face. So he's down. And, he was, and so they lost their money that they were trying to make, which, again, we get that they're not just, you know, trying to be greedy. It's like Aladdin, you know. He's stealing. Did we talk about Aladdin last week too? Oh, jeez. Yeah. Um, but he's, you know, he's he's stealing food. You know, he he's he's trying to get by. They're they're just trying to get right. by. Yes, they're schemy, but you have to learn how to be. And and you know. Well, they're trying to make ways. ends meet because, you know, it's like, they're they are being taxed. They're being taxed, but they're also they're also fishermen. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have a good catch, and sometimes you don't. And sometimes you feel like a nut. And sometimes you don't. That's right. Almond Joy's got nuts. And Mounds don't. So. <laughs> <laughs> so Simon's here. He's got a bloody nose, and he's sitting there on the beach with Andrew. And then Andrew just goes, wine hands? <laughs> like, really? He, he brings it back. And I'm like, okay. So I'm not the only one who thought that was really weird. He goes, yeah, that sounded better in my head. <laughs> and, and again, this goes back to, we've said this a handful of times now, and I think... I want to keep as much as we say this. I want throughout the entire. I think we're gonna say throughout the entire season, mm-hmm. and we should. It's realistic. It's realistic. They mm-hmm. keep it real, and and I just want to share that Christians are people. We are real. Mm-hmm. We joke. We men do what men do, and women do what women do. And mm-hmm. when you get a bunch of Christian men into a conversation together, it's just a bunch of guys talking what guys talk about right and i know you know if we're married we talk we, we discuss our wives if we're not married we talk about the girl we like mm-hmm. um, and i'm guessing girls do the same thing when they're by themselves um and you just get to see that realism here not only are they brothers but they're men and they're 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 joking with each other they're being realistic with each other mm-hmm. and you know i think honestly 
when when you when you look when if I was Jesus coming down, I was like, okay, I see these guys; they're being real. Mm-hmm. They're kind of the salt of the earth, right? Or I see these Pharisees who are <laughs> performing; they're fake through and through. Right. Yeah, they look great, but they're fake. Who would? Who do you want? I want the persons who the people who are real, right? And you know, I love that this show, this episode, is really building on the the realness of each of the characters, right? Yeah, and that's that's where we're starting to get into. Like, they wanted to kind of give us that context of who they are, where they are, what's going on, what is their life like. And the more we get into the series, the more we start to see where things get more serious, where things start to change, where there's a shift in their thinking, you know, where Jesus comes in and, and starts to encounter in different ways. So it's it's really, really cool. But, you know, the whole thing is they're afraid they're going to lose the boat, lose the house. They're going to lose all these things because they have so many things riding on everything and they've already extended out like extensions for their taxes that they need to pay and you know what are they going to do at one at one thing was really funny um he's like you you can't keep doing this and he goes oh who are you going to tell your bug eating friend and i didn't catch it until this last time i had to put subtitles on it or i I didn't even do the subtitles this time but he said your bug eating friend i'm like john like like john the baptist bug eating friend because he ate locusts because he ate yeah (laughs) Because he, he ate bugs and stuff, and I was like, wait, that's okay. Um, we do see John later on, I will tell you that. And, and oh. they refer to him as Creepy John, which is really <laughs> funny. <laughs> so, uh, not to ruin it for you, but it's funny. Like, I couldn't stop laughing when they're like, oh, he's like, what, Creepy John? Why'd you talk to Creepy John? Because like, <laughs> he lives in the wilderness and he eats bugs. Yeah, that's Creepy John. Okay, right. I get it. And I but, think I think that's what this episode, that's, that's, that's what this show is doing, too, is it's really breaking the the view of the how we thought the disciples and the people really were they weren't people that were you know they were messed up they were dirty they were creepy they were creepy they were the they were the the low lives of the time mm-hmm. and first will be last and it, right and it's just it's one of those things where you just look at there saying I I wouldn't. It, the disciples are the ultimate underdog story. Mm-hmm. They are, you know, and it's you're just sitting there going, it shatters all perceptions of what I thought when I f- grew up, what Peter looked like and what oh, yeah. Paul looked like and what John looked like and Matthew and all these guys and even Mary Magdalene. It's like you're sitting there going, you're thinking that she's just this, you know. Well, you know, after everything happens, well, and they, they <laughs> show her, and they're all in the pit of despair. They're all messed up. They're all going through the hardships of life, and it's so cool to look back and say, "Oh, I know what it's like to owe somebody something." Right. And to sit there and feel like, "What am I gonna do?" And to talk to a friend or a, or a member of the family and being like, "I'm stuck. What do we do?" Right. You know, whether it's paying a debt or dealing with something in your life, you're like, what do I do? How do I get through this? <clears throat> and I love that this is really showing the, the the contrast of doing it out of your own flesh versus at the end when Jesus comes in and just takes care of it all. Right, right. That's so cool. So... After this, we get into the scene where Nicodemus is entering the room to encounter Lilith, quote-unquote. 
Um, I, I I wish I could I could somehow like audibly do air quotes. <laughs> I'll say quote unquote Lilith. Um, so he enters there with incense and he's like trying to draw out the demons and he's just going, oh, in the name of Adonai, you know, and then all this stuff. And she turns around and this comes like straight out of a horror movie, the way they did it, where she's got her voice is modified, you know, where it's like there's multiple demons speaking. We through are. Her. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, we are not afraid of you. You have no, you have no power here, teacher. <laughs> and it's just like. I'm like, wait, was that Lord of the Rings? <laughs> it was just, it was cool. I'm like, but but still, that is such a, a declaration at that point. or such a, you know, a slap in the face. You have no power here. Like, get he, out of here. He didn't have any power. He didn't, of course. And that's that's what's funny about it is, I mean, he didn't have any power. He's just somebody who's just going through the motions, being a Pharisee, blah, right. blah, blah. I say the things. I, I wave the incense. I wear the gold. Oh, well, he okay. did not say the power of Christ compels me. He did not say that because so, we didn't know of Christ fully yet, or he didn't. They didn't. Well, right. I mean, but I mean, when you're doing a true exorcism, mm-hmm. you you, you got to say the power of Christ compels me. You I mean, do. You saw the compels movie. you. Yeah. 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 The, the one being the one being exercised. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's continue. <laughs> As far as exorcism go, I mean anybody else. I I I love I love this the, the line in Beetlejuice where he goes, "Oh man, look at the Maitlands. Looks like they've had enough exercise for the evening." Because <laughs> I mean, come on, exercise, exorcism. It's like those words are too similar to not be the same thing. I mean, they're spelled differently. I get that, but exercise and exorcise. Zum. Well, I mean, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> Um, so we get this, and he is just totally like, okay, she's beyond all, you know, help. So he just kind of runs off, and that's the end of that scene. Okay, and we kind of get back to Simon and his wife. We see that he's got a wife. Okay, that that's the wife that they were talking about. She comes in and like, how dare you beat up my brothers? And then you realize she's just messing with them because she knows that her brothers are jerks, and that's it. Again, very real, very playful marriage that they have. It's actually a really good relationship. You can kind of see how they, they play off each other. Right. Where she's, like, calling him stoic, and he's like, stoic? Like, uh, no one's ever called me stoic. She goes, well, you're much more stoic than me. We're a good team. And it's like, oh, you know, it's it's just cool to see that. You know, and you think, I mean, when did we, did we ever hear much about Peter's wife? I didn't even know he had a wife, He did. Okay, I mean, we knew about it. the mother, or it was her mother, that was sick, and he called the demons uh, out, you know, he healed her. Um, we know that. That is in Scripture. But it's like we didn't ever hear much about that. It was just kind of a thing. It just happened, and there we go. Okay. Right. So we get, we get this little playful conversation between the two of them. We see what their relationship is like, and, you know, we know where Peter goes. He eventually will leave her and go to follow Christ. And you're like, oh, how do I feel about this? You know, how's this going to be? I mean, yeah. not leave her in a, it like completely, but I mean, he he does say those, you know, follow me, just drop everything and follow me. Well, I, I, I think there is some truth to that. But I think at the same time, I think more it just became his like his career, his job. Like at the end of the day, when the teachings were over, he went back home, probably to his wife. OK, well, that's it's cool. like. You know, 
I, I, imagine, I that, imagine they just like took off. <laughs> yeah, I mean they were stay, it's like it would be like they stayed in the area. It would be yeah. like, you know, you becoming a a disciple in your church and then you know, which is ten miles away and going, Bye hon, bye babe, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> yeah. So basically I think, I my think, life for the past six years. <laughs> right. I think that I think that there are times where he may have traveled for a few days or a couple of weeks like that and then came back home. But I think his home was still always his home. I I think that we've we so I think we can sometimes where we need to take scripture literal, we mm. take it as symbolic, and where we sh- where we take it as symbolic, where we should take it as symbolic, we take it as literal. And right. there are times where it's like, yeah, we need to, you know, we need to, you know, leave others behind to follow Christ because Christ is the ultimate one we need to follow. Right. But at the same time. They stayed in that area for the most part. So, th- in my opinion, there'd be no reason as to why he wouldn't go back home. But there's nothing in Scripture, just FYI for everybody, there's nothing in Scripture that supports either side of this. Right, right. So, it's all speculation at that point. If you really want to find out, get saved. When you go to heaven, ask him yourself. <laughs> <laughs> There we go. <laughs> That's the only way to really know, I guess, beyond what's in Scripture. Um, anyway, we go back over to Lilith, quote-unquote. Uh, she's having dreams of her dad again. You know, basically the exact same scene we already saw. So it's, again, he's just reading that same old Scripture. Not same old Scripture, sorry. But it's the Isaiah 43 again. Um, and she wakes up, and she's outside. Okay, so after all that stuff that she went through and everything and him showing up and you have no power here, she's outside. Okay, she assesses the damage in her room and she starts to clean herself up and has other daydreams again about her father's death. Um, So she just, like, freaks out, goes over to read the scripture because she feels like another, you know, here's another wave of whatever's about to happen to her coming on again. She starts reading through the scripture and then looks up and has this flashback of abuse from a centurion. Yep. from her past, and it just it just threw her way off. She rips up the scripture and just bails. To the bar. I wrote, to the bar. <laughs> That's where she goes. And she basically goes up to the bartender, who she clearly has some type of relationship, and, and she hands him her doll that, that used to contain the scripture. It's a doll she's had since she was a kid. She's like, I ripped up the scripture. I'm like, you know, honestly, I, I mean, it used to hold something valuable, but I don't need it anymore. And you, you can clearly tell there's a relationship here. And the bartender's like, okay, here, you know, drink this. It'll make you feel better, you know. And after this one's done, drink another one. And just like, we're going to get through this together. And then she, you know, she's basically saying, you know, I'm in hell right now. And it just right. like, sh- like everybody in the room just quiets down. Like, you know, what's going on over there? You know, what's, what's, she, what's she on about, you know? And he's like, listen, if... If the enemy comes, we'll face it together. You know, she's very blessed to have somebody in her life like this that's trying to help her get through it. Right. You know, and just saying, listen, make the right choice. This will help you feel better. It should help you feel better. If not, I'm still here with you. Well, what was he actually giving her for a drink? I don't know. He said it was. He said it was fresh off the boat from Cyprus. I don't know what it was, but it didn't look very good. She said it tasted horrible. <laughs> so it looked pretty bad. It was like some kind of steaming, like boiling pot of some brown stuff, just just old mud fish water. I have no idea. But yeah. Anyway, 
Um, we get back to Nicodemus and his wife. This is a great, uh, just like transformational scene with him where he starts to really question, like, what am I doing? Like, what's going on here? What's the purpose of everything? What's the purpose of, of everything? What's the purpose of my position? Um, and she's like, oh, you're supposed to be in there. And he's like, why? It's like, you need to go in there and perform. He's like, why must I perform? You know, it's it's just that's the beginning of him finally saying, like, why do I just need to show up and do this? Like, when has it gone from, oh, he goes, when does Shabbat become a theater? You know, it's right. like, it's not, he's, he's questioning everything about what the Pharisees do and how they handle everything right then and there. And his wife's just like, oh, you know, just do your thing because that's what you do. And I'll support you because that's what you're supposed to do. And <laughs> let me, you know, put my... <laughs> whatever type of lip gloss they used back then on and everything and, you know, perfume my pits and move on. I, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> but they, but they, clearly they got lots of money and they got everything. They even, they're even more rich than, than Matthew, you know? that's Right. So she's just living her Kinda life and, and saying, like, okay, whatever. And he's like, look in this mirror. And, as, and I remember watching it and saying, that's a mirror? That's a horrible mirror. You can't even see anything. And she goes... I can't see. It's cheap glass. It's too blurry. I'm like, okay, good. So that's, she sees it too. <laughs> but it's, <laughs> it's just, not just me. It's not a mirror. It was just shiny metal. Right. They didn't have mirrors like we have where it's like this metal, uh, you know, like metallic film behind a piece of glass. They just had like shiny metal. Huh. Wow. Must have been a lot of ugly people back then. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I don't know. They had other people who did the makeup for them and stuff. They, Anyway. Um, or they just didn't care like we care today. Well, it seems like they care. That's why they have a mirror, and they're dressing a certain way and making sure they're presentable. I mean, there was, doing... a, there was a select few. Yeah. Well, that's... I mean... There are people, there are the greedy people who they put their... They, they worship what they worship. They worship their, quote-unquote, their, their, their beauty. It's crazy, because the, some of the poorest in this country today live better than they did back then. True. And they were some of the richest. Yeah, well, it's all those Air Jordans and those PS5s. and <laughs> Anyway. Um, what am I wearing? What did you give me? What are these Reeboks? Adidas. Adidas. Yay. These are super comfortable. These are my slippers. Um, anyway, so he's expected to perform. He's up there, and, and he gets into this, like, I wonder if what we can know about Adonai and the law is just blurred, just like this horrible mirror. You know, maybe it's something... It just almost sounded like something. He's like, it came without packages. Maybe it's something that's not bought in the store. You know, he, he goes into this whole Grinch, you know, thing. But he's just saying, like, maybe it's more wonderful and more strange than anything we could ever imagine. You know, maybe the things that we we read, you know, we're looking at it in this weird, like, black and white way and not realizing that there's a, there's a bigger, deeper truth behind it. Right. And it's just like, oh, this is so cool. You know, like... You read about Nicodemus, not Zacchaeus, in the Bible, and um, you, you don't. I'm get, never gonna let you that. Don't I'm get never this, gonna live that down. I feel like they they took they took his character in here and just made it so much further. Where you're like, whoa! Like he's really getting it. He's not just like intrigued. He's really saying like something's up here, something's different here, and we need to we need to sort it out. So. And the cool thing is, is Jesus hasn't even really entered the scene yet. Right. And exactly. there's something stirring inside of him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love how they take all of this, and you can parallel it so well to 
you want to walk with God because mm-hmm. usually, you know, you start to feel something inside of you, and then, you know, sometimes it's a year later, sometimes it's 10 years later, sometimes it's a week later, sometimes it's a day later, and you're feeling this stirring inside of you, and then, lo and behold, enter Jesus, mm-hmm. and then everything changes. Right. So they're really showing you, you know, in a man's life, physically, what can happen with us in our hearts as we are walking through our lives the way we do. Nice sweater. Thanks. It's very old. My wife got it for me on her birthday. (laughs) (laughs) Happy birthday to me. Here's a gift for you. Yeah, that's... My yeah. wife used to do that. This, this bought, was yeah. This was like fourteen years ago. My wife used yeah. to do that. She'd be like, "So, I I got you these 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 sweaters. I love them. I got me these three sweaters." <laughs> <laughs> she, so, get, she did not get anything for herself that day. She just happened to be walking by the loop and went into Old Navy or whatever this is from and got me a hoodie. So I mean, although it's all ripped up and falling apart all over the place, it's just this. Uh, Sometimes those are the most comfortable yeah yeah well it's yeah anyway (laughs) (laughs) the rants we go off here he goes with this fashionist (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) so um yeah right then like as he's saying these things his wife immediately just like stops dead in her tracks she's like never utter those words in public and she's like you need to perform you need to do this because people look to you don't do this i don't want some blubbering fool going off on blah 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 and he's just like okay and it, it, it kind of gets you into the whole like you know what is a what is a marriage what is a you know back then like what is a what it really is a marriage and how it should it be um they're just kind of there as a duty but sh- he's trying to confide in his wife right and say something to her and she's totally shutting him down saying no 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 you're being dumb you need to just do this because that's what we're told to do black and white just like here you go okay so i guess i can't go to my wife so who do I go to? Well, uh, who does he go to? Doesn't know Jesus yet. <laughs> right. So he's just kind of stuck, and that's where this is the beginning of him just kind of being in that stuck spot, not knowing who to go to, and then it kind of it kind of starts to to unravel a bit more with him in his position as as it goes on, which we'll get to um, later on. But anyway, he's just kind of going off on this whole thing where he's. It, She's telling him he's doing his best, and, you know, you shouldn't have been there. Keep your head on, and he's just like, only God himself could have drawn those demons out of her. You know, she was way beyond all human aid, is what he gets to. And even he shares that with um, with the other uh, rabbis, the yeah. people that he's teaching. He just says, like, she's way beyond all human aid. And I laugh. I'm just like, well, of course, God could do it, though. <laughs> but, you know, that's he wasn't, like, dis- discrediting that it was more just like our job on this earth is to be um i love the word represent you know not represent but represent when you take it down to what it really means like we are supposed to be representing who jesus is right so the rabbis were supposed to be representing who god was you know so therefore like if we are trusting we are asking god to be here we are bringing him into this because only he can do it you're you're opening yourself up as a vessel for God's Holy Spirit. Right. You know, but, you know, they're not quite there yet. <laughs> so so has, the Holy Spirit has not been introduced yet. Exactly. For at least four years. So we get to a point where 
Lily, quote unquote, is ready to jump off a cliff. She's just like done. She takes the scripture that she had ripped up and just tosses it off. And I'm like, man, she carried it that much that long. I would have just like scattered it if I already ripped it up. She's yeah. walking around with a bunch of ripped up pieces of paper. <laughs> and then she takes it, throws it off the cliff. She's getting ready to jump, and she's getting a little dizzy there, and then suddenly she gets distracted by a bird. Just distracted by a bird. There was nothing... Squirrel. You know, yeah, it, there, was, there was nothing significant about the bird for our eyes, but something was happening with her where she realized there was a significance of that bird and why it drew her back. She followed it all the way back to the bar. It's like, okay, don't kill yourself. Just drink. <laughs> Right. Okay. Okay. But it gets into something great. I love it. But we just know that she gets tra- uh, carried off. So we're kind of going, we're kind of following the chronolo- uh, chronological order here of how the show is going. So without getting into that yet, we kind of go back to Simon and he, him explaining his arrangement uh, that he has with Quintus. Because his brother's, tr- uh, Andrew's trying to pay his taxes and doesn't realize because of the extension, because of this and all the time that's gone by, and the interest they're going to charge as a penalty. Well, you said Quintus. They're, they're actually, this is where they actually meet up with Matthew. Right. And he's trying to be like, I owe how much? Yeah. Plus interest, plus interest, plus interest, right. plus how much? Right. And then they try to explain what's going on. <clears throat> <laughs> I love it as he hands it to him. He hands him the, the sack with the money, and he's like, um, are, are there gems inside? <laughs> uh, no, just silver. Gold? No, just silver, okay? Just, this is what I got, all right? Don't embarrass me further. But it's just them being like, uh, uh, well, I, I understand what you think you're handing me here. <laughs> like, this clearly isn't enough money. And he's just weighing it in his hand to see how much it is. And he knows. And he knows, because he's the rain man. Right. <laughs> Yes, 246 toothpicks. Yeah. <laughs> Piece of the kryptonite in the jar. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then this, I mean, this character, uh, Paris Patel, is the one who plays Matthew here. And it's so funny because I didn't expect, I thought they really got somebody who was an autistic actor. And I'm like, he's doing a great job. Like, this is awesome. And I really love the take they did. But the funny thing is, you, you see the guy in an interview, he's some American dude who. It, just like you and me, like no, well, whatever. Not to like put it down, but it, there were there were no there were no signs As of him. As if being you and me is a put down, <laughs> but you know we can go on. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> no, th- there were no signs of autism in in him as an actor, and I'm like, okay, wow. So they just chose to to give him these autistic qualities in the show, and I'm like, huh. He did a really good job. He did an amazing job. And it, it makes sense that somebody who, again, bringing the realism in, you watch movies and things like this back in the time, and you never saw somebody who had any type of um, developmental limitation or, you know, just challenge. You don't see that. Right. So they wanted to, again, put the realism here and say, oh, well, those are the people that counted things because they were good at it. They were super skilled. Right. And very, very good at what they did. And it's crazy. We take those people today and we actually kind of we segregate them in such a different way now. Mm-hmm. Whereas back then they didn't know what it was. Nope. So they utilized them in society for what they were good for. Right. Not in a bad way, but <laughs> <laughs> you're only good, good for this. For <laughs> you're good for nothing. No. It was they looked at them and they were like, you know what? 
today we go, oh, he's autistic. Mm -hmm. He needs special attention. Right. Back then they were like, oh, he's good at math. Weird, but he's good <laughs> at math, so we'll just put him over here. Right. You know, if I mean, if we did that today, you know, I, I look at it some places. You know, we we talk to, you see movies, you see shows, you hear stories of people in wheelchairs or people who have a handicap of some sort, and you see someone else who's being introduced to them, and they try to help them out, and they go, no, 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 I don't want your help, because they want to be treated like everybody else. Right. And I think that's a cool thing, too, is he wasn't looked down upon because of the challenge that he had. He right. was looked down upon because of the what position, he right. what he was doing, right. um, which changes the outlook so much of, you know, are we truly looking at people for who they are or we look at them for what they do. Right. And back then they were viewing him for what he did, but at the same time it was like okay, so he's good with numbers. Right. Make him a tax collector. Right. Right. So and again, it's like all of this is all foreshadowing leading up to the encounters with Jesus and how that's going to be affecting like them and just everything around them. So I mean this this scene was was great and finally Peter I keep saying Peter, but Simon. Simon. Because we know he's Peter. We know he's going to be Peter. But so Simon steps in and is like, hey, so I uh, I got a little deal with uh, Quintus. It, it almost reminded me. Remember the, remember the commercials for Fandango? I work for Mr. Fandango. <laughs> Fandango, Fandango. Like it was a code word. <laughs> so, yeah, he's just like, I got this deal with Quintus. And you just Matthew just stops dead like, you've got dealings with Quintus? Oh, uh, oh, I, I, I don't believe you I, i'll have to verify this like i have to go make sure that this is what you're saying is accurate it's like yeah said that our our debts are paid for for a year we're good so you can just you know can i have not, the money back yeah, please give me back my money can, can, you, can you give me back my not gold <laughs> <laughs> my not rubies <laughs> and so you know okay so that's it and you find out the whole thing is like there was something going on which I didn't catch it on the first time, but the whole point was when he went out that that night before, that's when all of this happened, where he stumbled upon uh, a centurion at the shore. When he and was they were, fishing. When he was, quote-unquote, fishing. Right. And um, he came back and basically didn't bother running, but he's like, listen, I know who's out there, and I will help turn all of those guys in, and that way we can you know, basically stop the others from doing this or make sure that we're reporting on the taxes and blah, 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 but I can do that for you. So he goes ahead and just becomes like an informant for the centurions, like a rat. He's right. a rat. He's a, he's a mole. Yeah, he's a mole rat. Mole, mole. Oh, rat. So that's what he agrees, and Quintus shows up, and it's like, okay. So that's that's the, the whole point. And once Andrew realized what's going on, he's like, are you serious? You're going to turn our people in? He goes, no, not our people. They're merchants. You know, they're just, they're just merchants. Like, that's what they do is they just, uh, whatever. And they shouldn't be out there doing it anyway. Right. It's like, so you're willing to give up your own people to, you know, just to, like, make sure that this happens. He's like, yeah, you want to lose the house? Well, hey, I mean, go ahead and start packing now while there's still daylight because, you know, whatever. And then he kind of walks off, and that's it. But we know that's his plan, that his plan is to basically turn them all in so he can get out of it. Anyway, um... So Matthew's plan is to go in to see Quintus. I'm surprised it didn't actually happen here. They, I guess he was just talking to Gaius about it. So Gaius is his guard that is with him all the time. Right. Um, but 
that's the plan, but it doesn't actually happen here. So we get back to Lily, quote unquote, showing back up to the bar, following the bird. <laughs> and uh, this man propositions her. And then, you know, the bartender's like, hey, get out of here. And he's like, ah, she smells anyway, whenever moves on. And she's just like, she's just done. She's like, just give right. me, give me what, whatever you got in that bottle. Leave, leave the bottle. He's like, no, this is not going to fix it. And she's like, whatever, I don't care, just give it to me. Different like, okay. drink this time, though. Different drink. Yeah, this is this is wine. This is something alcoholic. Um, so as soon as she's about to grab it and drink it, out of nowhere, Jesus just shows up and grabs her hand and goes, "That's not for you." Well, you don't. You don't well, you, well, you see, don't know it's Jesus. You don't know it's <laughs> right. But you just see you, you see, see the her, guy and you're like, you, "I bet you that's Jesus." You don't even see him yet. You just see her hand going for it, and then a hand just stops her hand. Mm-hmm. And then it pans up to this guy who is Jesus. And I'm like, that's Jesus, but it is not. Like, you look at Jesus in every other movie, and that's not this guy. No, no. I'm like, this guy kind of looks goofy. I-, I love this guy. I know. It's uh, like, I'm like, Jonathan Rumi. <laughs> he Rumi? does not oh, yes. look like your typical Jesus that you see in. Other movies. Yeah. Dude He's was born in New York City in 1974. Look at that. And he's, um, but he's just, he's, he's very plain. Uh huh. He's very kind of, he's kind of goofy looking. Eh. But I mean, he's, in a way, like he, he's not this. He's like, a regular everyday dude. He's yeah, not he's Jim just... Caviezel. <laughs> <laughs> he played a very good Jesus. Yeah, except for those contact lenses that kept changing. Oh man, he had to pay it forward somehow. The, the guy's got blue eyes. He's always gonna have blue eyes. When they kept changing his eye color in that movie, like his eyes were red in the scene, then they were yellow in another scene. I'm like, what are you guys doing? Oh, but Jim Caviezel, though, such an amazing actor, and to see his transformation on screen from what he used to do, all the way up through Passion. I mean, they've actually done interviews with Caviezel where he's <clears throat> explained. His actual while on set of the Passion of Christ, he just got totally rocked by God, right. and now he is such a heartfelt, warm believer, and it's just amazing. His testimony is amazing. Did you ever watch Deja Vu? I just actually, really, like a week ago, watched it. So <clears throat> he's he's the bad guy. It's he's so the bad crazy. guy. But do you remember his line where he goes off about him do him being a sacrifice? Yes. I the last time I watched it, I was watching it with, with my wife and we laughed so hard because we know I'm like, oh, it's he's Jesus in the passion. He's going off on this this quest, this mission he's got, you know, to to sacrifice for God. I'm like, wait, which movie came out first? Here? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just crazy because you see, I mean, he is such a good he's probably he's probably in my top, I'd say. I mean, he was fantastic in um Oh, I just lost it. Uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> well, he he went from the bad guy in Deja Vu, which mm-hmm. was a phenomenal movie, right? Um, then, I mean, he was the homeless guy in Pay It Forward, mm-hmm. <clears throat> which he played so well. In Frequency, that was cool. Frequency was an amazing film. Yeah, um, and then he played. I mean, when I when I saw um, the Count of Monte Cristo. Oh yeah, you know, 
I was a little bit younger then. You know, I didn't know who Guy okay. Pierce was at the time, who was also a phenomenal actor. Yeah. I like him. Um, you may not be a huge fan of him, but I think he does a great job. Um, and then even <laughs> even <laughs> Henry um, Superman yeah. is his son in the I movie. I know, and that's awesome. It's like he, but the thing is, is then you see him go from all of that, and he's playing such diverse characters, to then even play Jesus, and he just he nails it in every role he does. <laughs> nails. Oh, come on. Okay, I wasn't nails. going that low with oh, it, but well, I mean, hey, hey, that's my salvation there. So <laughs> thanks, Jesus. Um, <laughs> but you look at him like I've seen Jesus in so many movies. Like they, like I think it was. Discovery Channel, the National Geo, they did a thing for Easter for G- the story of Jesus. Then Cavizio did that one. Yeah, <laughs> Passion of Christ. Then they did the new Ben Hur, where they actually showed a pretty decent portrayal of Jesus in that for, for a little bit. But with this guy, he, he's just when you look at him, he's in every other show. You're gonna take a second look and be like, "There's something different about that guy." Mm-hmm. In this episode, in this show so far. You look at Jesus and you go, eh. Yeah. Like, you're like, he's just a regular dude. Like, right. nothing special. Right. Except for the fact that he happens to be God. Well, after the, so after this episode, like I said, I think I took a break. So when I saw him again in another episode, I forgot that he was Jesus. He wasn't wearing the same clothes, and it was just introduced at the very end of this episode. So it didn't really stick. And then I realized, I'm like, oh, this must be Jesus. Like, it took 10 minutes for me to realize. And he's in, like, the whole episode. Right. And I, But I still didn't realize it was him until I saw how he was interacting with other people. And I'm like, oh, that's Jesus. And I'm like, okay, I can I can buy this. Again, realism. Jesus right. didn't look like Ewan McGregor. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you who haven't seen it, there... <laughs> There's there's tons of people taking you McGregor as a Jedi and putting it up as a picture of Jesus, you know, as Obi Wan back when he still had the longer hair and the beard. So that was uh, Attack of the Clones, and yeah. there's this one, there's a couple videos actually of people giving it to their grandmother as a as a picture, and she's like, "Oh, I love my picture, this pic, this beautiful picture of Jesus," and he's like, "That's not Jesus, Mom. That's, That's Obi Wan Kenobi. He's a Jedi Master." Oh, shut up! That's just Jesus. Don't. <laughs> Don't play with me. And he goes, no, mom, seriously, that's Obi Wan Kenobi. <laughs> but anyway, blah blah blah. So we get this whole, you know, we're we're getting away from the coolest part of this whole episode, which we shouldn't. So she gets immediately stunned when he touches her hand, and she like realizes what's going on. She starts getting that pain. She's grabbing her forehead again, like, oh, they're coming. They're they're gonna take over again. These demons. And then she's just like, she's like, I got to go. She stumbles out of the bar and she's just grabbing her head. And then he just goes, Mary, Mary of Magdala. And she's just like, stops dead in her tracks again, drops her drink. She's like, what? Like, how does he know my name? And then he quotes Isaiah 43. And he says to her exactly what her. He says it. It's been instilled in her heart ever since she was a little girl. Right. And then the whole, I have called you by name. You are mine. And he just grabs her head, like either side of her head, just grabs her head, and she just falls onto his chest. And again, we get the glorious music that all just fills right in, but it's just, it's built up so good. You get the emotion in it, and you're like, oh, man. And if you don't shed shed a small tear at least, 
or have a it, lump you know, in your throat or something. I mean, yeah, it's just it just it hits you and you just go go wow, you know, like that's what it's like to just get you know when you realize that that God loves you, right? Knows who you are and wants to call you out. And what's cool about this is. Not only did he call her by name, but he took something that was close to her, that that made her separate from other people, something that meant something to her, mm -hmm. and he utilized that. And that's so cool because God will address us today in different ways. He's not going to talk to me the same way he talks to Lee, the same way mm -hmm. he talks to my wife, the same way he talks to Lee's wife, the same way he talks to anybody else. And he's going to talk to us in a way that reflects who we are, um, in a way that is going to show he knows where, we're, where we've been. He's going to show that. And him saying what he said and quoting that scripture, let Mary know I was there the whole time, right? you know, and I know what's going on. I see what's going on, and just so you know, I'm here now, right. too. Um, I've been here waiting all along, but now I'm here, and I'm calling you by name now saying it's time, you know. And it was—at it was, that point in time, I was like, this is the best ending to a show. Right, like this is so good because it just it ends with, and you see it too. You see her just fall into his chest, and he's just hugging her, mm -hmm. and you're like, "Wow, this is the first time where you're seeing a woman fall into a man's chest, and it's not going anywhere, mm -hmm. except for <laughs> the fact of, and it's showing true love, and not mm -hmm. this, and that's it. It's true love. It's not this perverted idea of what love is that the world has shown us that every time a woman falls into a man's chest and then she, she gazes up into his eyes and all this stuff, it was, no, it was, I am so broken. Mm -hmm. I am so distraught, and I'm right. here. And Jesus is, just, is Jesus is just going, I'm here for you. Right. I am here for you. Just get, leave it all at my feet, and I am here for you. And it is so beautiful. It was such an amazing ending to a show. Yeah, it's it's so cool. So, I mean, that's that's basically what what, what I mean. This that's the, pretty much the whole episode. It just ends right there, and it's great. Um, and I I didn't know what to expect. Even after I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is so cool!" And I, I think I I think the reason why I waited was because I was waiting for my wife to watch it with me. Yeah, and then she didn't. So it took me like you know a few weeks to a month to just just like well I'm just gonna watch it then, and after I finish it I'm like you need to watch this with me and then we watch the whole thing together and now we're watching it with our kids. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so we're we're going through it and the first one I showed the kids is one that has like a lot of children in it because I figured oh okay this one's safe it doesn't have demons in it and some questionable stuff that they'd have questions about but then again we're not really hiding anything from our kids. Right. So it's I mean scripture. It's scripture, you know, right. and it, so I just thought the maybe the, the demon scene, you know, you have no power here, might have been too intense for them. Just everything going on with her where she was being, you know, tortured by these demons. But we did watch it a few, like a week or so ago and watch that with them. And, and my three-year-old was like glued to the TV like, I, I wish I could see my, you could see my face, but her jaw was down to the floor and she was just like 
totally like captivated by the show and what's going on and you can see her processing it in her mind right but it didn't freak her out like she had some questions about it and we explained it and she was like oh and then you know both of our kids got it right so i i love that this show although it's not um just like some pg like oh whatever or g thing whatever it's it's got some stuff that might be intense but it's it, edgy it's, it's and all, raw, but it's clean. But it's clean, you know, right. where we can watch that and we can discuss it. And it's it's cool that, you know, my kids can come back and ask questions and they can see it in on this level. So they can see scripture done this way that's not just some cookie cutter, you know, you know, hey, here's the the thing we watch every Christmas and move on. Right. It's not, it's not the Sunday school version of mm-hmm. Jesus, which I mean there's not a Noah in the Ark. <laughs> Which is like the only story I remember from a kid, from being a kid, is like, oh yeah, really? Noah had an ark. I mean, because that's the thing that kids love animals. <gasps> hey, they they came in two by so two was, and they went was, to a big boat. I was David and Goliath. Oh, that I, was my favorite story growing up. Well, we had different upbringings. Like I, I had Noah's ark just because. I mean, I maybe it's because I had the song "Who Built the Ark." <laughs> Noah, Noah. Yeah. Abel was my favorite character. Who? Abel. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't really know much about Abel until year one. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not get back into that movie, please. How they gave him so many lines in that movie when I don't think he spoke at all in scripture. You mean Cain? No, Abel. Abel. No, I thought Cain was the one. Cain killed Abel. Yeah. Yeah, Abel is my favorite character. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd. <laughs> Okay, you just went too far on the show, on the movie. So no, we're not, I we're went not too far. It. Yeah, you said we're not talking about this, and then you get started talking about it. So <laughs> let's move on, shall we? Anyway, to year two. Um, <laughs> um, I'm really excited, um, mainly because I've I've watched this first episode so many times now. I'm excited to get to the next one to talk about it. Um, when I when I realize I'm like, oh, you know, I just watched it, but I didn't take any notes. I was like, oh. I just watched it. So I was a little I was a little annoyed, but I love watching things over another time because you you pick up on little things that you didn't get the first even three other times. So Lee is like my nine year old daughter. She wants to watch the same show. Like she's like, I watched this movie this morning. Can I watch it this afternoon? Can I watch it tonight? Like you just watched the same movie three times in one day. Yeah. This actually has meaning to it though. Oh yeah. Well, I'm not watching My Little Pony or whatever she watches. She's nine. <laughs> She's <Yeah>. not five. <laughs> My five-year-old doesn't watch My Little Pony. She watches Superbook. Good and show. The, and the Torchlighters. Good shows. Yes, yes. She doesn't I watch, just, she doesn't I watch just, Blippy or whatever that is. <laughs> I was just making fun of Lee there for a little bit. He didn't catch on. <laughs> I didn't catch on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know what nine-year-olds watch. I'm not there yet, man. I'll tell you in four years. <laughs> I was a nine-year-old girl once. I mean, uh, wait a minute. Wait. Mm. Uh, scratch that. No. No, um, no, my daughter watches Clone Wars. <laughs> hey, my daughter watches Yu-Gi-Oh! with me. Both of them watch Yu-Gi-Oh! Oh, with me. They watch Star Wars with me. They love it. Yep. Um, but don't go much into the next episode because I I haven't seen it yet. Right, so right, right. when we talk about this next week... Um, it's going to be Lee's 10th time watching it and my first. Um, so it'll be good conversation then. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> it'll be good. I mean, the second one is called, oh, oh, okay. 
Yeah, I know the second one. We're going to get to a little bit more. Okay, I, I've watched this one recently, too. What's All it right. called again? Shabbat. Oh, okay. Yep, and uh, just like... Um, just like their last episode, this will be released on Shabbat. <laughs> released it on Saturday. I just figured it was it was so symbolic and perfect. So um, anyway, thank you guys so much for uh, for listening to us. Kind of going off. It's a little late. It's been a long day. So maybe we're a little bit slower tonight, or at least I am. I feel like I'm about to pass out at the desk. I'm the same way. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, you know, we. I think it's good that we can have this conversation. But at the same time, just so you guys know. This is how we talk on a day-to-day basis, Lee and mm-hmm. I. We joke, we cut each other off, we have fun. We, But at the same time, we hear the heart of each other. Mm. And you know that's what we want to get to with this podcast is getting truth out there, getting people to see that there is something more than, than, than just this little cookie cutter uh, Right. Of what Christianity really is. It's raw. It's real. We are real people. Um, and like we said at the beginning of the episode, watch the show, but, you know, LeVar Burton said it best. Don't take my word for it. Read a book. Read a book. <laughs> <laughs> Read the book. Um, so watch the episodes and then go back in Scripture. Read it. Learn it. Understand it. Study it. Um Put it in your heart, put it in your mind, put it in your life, and then, and then just fact check this, fact check these shows, and really just dig into scripture. You're gonna see that wow, there is so much truth to this. Mm-hmm. Um, even though the theatrics around the show are great, um, the truth, I, I think it's the it's the unspoken, it's the unspoken character in the whole show. Right, is the truth. Scripture mm-hmm. is the main character of this show. Um, and they did not, they did a really good job keeping that the premise. Right. Um, so go back to scripture, fact check, whatever you want to fact check and learn the truth for yourself and don't take our word for it. Right. And I think on the other side too, it's not, we're, we're showing that, you know, something that's Christian based and focusing on scripture and, you know, historical realities, um, is not the cookie cutter thing, right. but, it, but on the other side of it too, it's, um, you know, there's the there's the realism. Um, oh, great, I lost what I was gonna say. It's just so late. <laughs> <laughs> Symbolism. Sorry. But no, it's it, it it goes it goes in different ways. You know, looking at this from somebody who's watched Christian films and looking at it from somebody who has not watched Christian films. You know, this it really I feel like this can show Hollywood how to go in a different direction. Hundred percent. This can show Christian movies a way to go in a different direction. 100%. Um, and I really hope that this takes off. And, you know, we did discuss this before, and I just, I hope to see more things um, taken out of here, you know, take, taking pages from this book, I mean, from the scripture, um, but from from what they're doing here and start to make new things that we can watch and not be falling asleep, you know? Right. And that's, that's what it comes down to. I have to be excited about something, and this show did it. The show is doing it, um, and well, the cool thing is, yeah. is you're excited to see the next episode, but the same part at the same time, like when the hero comes in, when Jesus comes in, it's like you're excited to see more of that. Right. You're excited to see more because it's real. It's truth. It's it's not like you know. It's great when we're watching you know X Men or Spider Man or. Mm. 
Thor or the Avengers, and the right. heroes come in and they save the day, and it's great. And at the end of the day, it's, you know, they're basically taken from pages of a book of a cartoon right. or a comic book, and they're all fake. This is real. Right. This is truth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I can say what you're seeing, what you're watching in this show, I can attest for myself, a lot of that happened to me. You right. know, God called me by name one day, and he said, you know what? I'm after you. Mm. I've been sitting here waiting for you, and now I'm calling you in. And I believe, you know, just like last week, we want to end it with this as well, too, is if you do feel Christ, if you do feel God calling your name, you hear that still small voice inside of your heart, inside of your head. Um, don't ignore it. Respond right. to it. Let the Holy Spirit, let God talk to you. Let him show you who he is. Um, and don't be afraid to talk right. to him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's always inviting you to be a part of his family. Um, you know, and before we officially close, you know, again, this is our little invitation to see if you're, you know, if you're not following God, but you feel like, you know what, I do feel him, you know, take a few moments with yourself and sit down and pray and just talk to God and say, hey, I want to know more of who you are. Right. Reveal yourself to me. Because um, I am, I'm lost and I'm longing for something. Mm. And I'm feeling that. So, you know, don't be afraid and take that step. Yeah. Encourage you, take that step. Definitely. So on that note, um, Chuck and I are actually um, pastors of our of our life group. We have, we have a home, home church in both of our homes. Um, so if if anybody does want to connect at some point, you can reach out directly to the Black and White Productions um, Facebook, and we can connect that way. You know, um, if you guys have questions, if you guys have some ideas or, you know, anything about anything we've discussed, you want to know a little bit more, you want to tell us that we're being, you know... Too goofy. <laughs> we're being too goofy and blaspheming or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, You're Christians, you shouldn't joke. Nope, we're <laughs> Christians, therefore we do joke. Yes. <laughs> you know, if, I mean, anything, feel free to reach out to us, even if you just want someone to pray with, I don't care. No, right. I mean, that's 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 why we're here, you know, and we want to we want to make sure that we're we're opening up that door, um, you know, not just not for our glory, but for his. So um, there's a lot of stuff that's going on and it's a, it's a trying time. So if we're if if something is happening here, that's that's striking a chord and it's, it's starting to get you guys like into like, man, you know, this is kind of cool. You start watching the show and you, you know, you want to go a little bit further. Hey, we're open to helping you out. But either way, the scripture, the answers are all there. Right. You know, any, anything you need to find is in there. Um, I, I will be honest and say um, I have a stack of, of um, index cards that I am writing certain scriptures that have changed my life on them. And I'm keeping them here because I can't tell you how many times I look down and I see a bit of scripture that just reminds me of something, just like Lilith did here, or Mary did here, where she had this Isaiah 43 that she kept going back to, and at the right moment, that scripture was used to change her life and put it right, right. back on track again. Right, it just, so. goes to, just goes to showing about how we need to hide God's Word in our heart. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it, it probably goes into this, when Jesus begins his ministry, he actually goes out for 40 days, at the end of his 40 days in the wilderness of him fasting and praying before he starts his ministry, the Satan, the devil, tries to come and tempt him, and he says, you know, it's by 
men will not live by bread alone, but by the word of God. Right. And he uses the word of God to actually defeat the enemy. Right. Um, and we need to do the same. We have the same power that Jesus had. Yep. We have the same God living inside of us. And we need to realize that, okay, you know what? And I realize that with my family more. I'm, I used to be with my father and be like, you're so spiritual because you'd go to this place. I'm, this is practical, and I'm, I'm having a hard time with this. And now I'm realizing as I'm talking with my family and my kids and everything, I'm going, okay, what is Scripture saying about this? Right. Because we can talk about this as long as we want, but if we're not actually going back to where it says in Scripture and then really challenging each other with, okay, you're having a difficult time here, what is Scripture saying? Yeah. You're having a hard time here? What does Scripture say? Um, and at this point in time, too, if you're watching this show and you're really going, what does this mean? Mm. Go to Scripture. Look it up. If you can't find it, like Lee said, connect to the to the Facebook page, and we'll help you find it. Yeah. So you, you can find us there. It's uh, just facebook.com backslash um, black and white productions 2019. Yeah, it has to be 2019. Otherwise, you just find like 50 other different things, and it's not us. You'll <laughs> see the big B and W logo up there is our thing. With the adjacent colors of black and white. Yes, yeah. Hence the name, <laughs> black and white. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're going to call it a night. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Have a good one. It was a pleasure. Have a great night, guys. Everything is nothing. Whoa.